Luke, have you ever heard that Duel of the Fates techno before? You had to have. That what you were bopping to earlier? Yeah, there was so much going on, you probably couldn't even hear it. No, I couldn't hear that. No. It already sounded like this coming out on the other end. It's as if Duel of Fates remix is playing at Java's Palace. Or Java's Palace. Okay, day. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to Flying Casual, an all-Star Wars podcast. And Holly, I need to emphasize the casual on the end of the title of the podcast because... I think some folks are being led to the podcast looking for quick Star Wars facts. And that's, I mean, if I wanted to do that, I would have called ourselves Star Wars facts. Yes, that would have been very that would have That would have been that's a great name. not misleading, right? I feel no. like, and I feel like flying casual isn't misleading as well, right? No, it's not. We're flying. We're casual. Yeah. So I, I just want to emphasize that to anyone who's looking for a quick fact on Torvalum here. You're not going to get it. Though he may be, he may come up in conversation at some point. In the future. Purely organically. <laughs> I don't think that yeah. he would fit you don't think- into any of the... Com- well, I guess we're talking about him now, so congratulations, Torvalum, you nailed it. Tor- yeah, I did, yes, and, and I challenge accepted, I think, uh, on behalf of Luke Elder. He'll find a way to bring Torvalum into this conversation. But guys, you are you are listening to Flying Casual. I appreciate you stopping by uh, and hanging out with us here. I've got Holly at the table. Holly... You were slaying some orcs the other night in Shadow of War. I think it's Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor. I don't remember what it's called. I just heard a lot of profanities coming uh, from the living room the other night. Are you feeling better? Was it therapeutic? How, how are you doing? For the record, I don't think there were any profanities. No profanities. I don't think so. Huh. Well, maybe she's cursing in Dwarvish and we just don't understand. <laughs> That's true. Not very many people speak my language. Oh, I only speak Elvish. So I, I, I'm, those, those are different. Cinderin or Quenya? Uh, that's a, I think I'm, I think I, I'm bilingual there uh, in the Elvish there, <laughs> Luke. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's been a while. A little rusty, though. Um, so uh, not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Uh as much as these two here on the podcast, but uh, Holly, but you are doing well after after slaughtering orcs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's always yeah. therapeutic to kill some orcs, I guess. Yeah, right. Isn't that why they do it? It's kind of the go to. Yeah, cathartic. Yeah, I feel like the whole traveling clan. What were they? The the brotherhood of what was the clan? The 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 fellowship. The, That's it. The fellowship. Definitely not the brotherhood. Not the brotherhood. That's a different. That's a different that, story. That is something else. Very different. Uh, not uh, not told by our dear friend. Um, Tolkien. Tolkien, yeah. I mean, maybe. Who knows? He was around that time where that stuff was going on. So I'm sure he has some brotherhood stories. World War II. Yeah, precisely. Or today. Are you impressed that I know that? I mean, I've never read a Tolkien book in my life. Are you impressed that I'm familiar with? You've never read a Tolkien book in never your life? Never once. Disappointing here, I know. This is not a Tolkien podcast. It, it, it could become that. And I will just be, you Schooled. know, every day, mm. every day. Now that's kind of, I mean, that's how these, these friendships work here with it, with all of us. I mean, it's just make fun of Mike and how much he doesn't know about Tolkien. But he going to learn today. But he going to learn. Uh, Luke, not slaughtering orcs, I presume. Uh, but how are you doing? Oh, doing well. We could always switch to flying factual as another option, you know, if we need to really <laughs> transition. We could. But, um 
We can stick casual for now. I think I I feel like just, you know, we like to get sweaty, but by God, I mean, I feel like if you're coming to a podcast, why? I mean, go watch Star Wars Explained. I do not know what else to tell you. Guys, uh, I, This we're here to entertain and have fun and, and talk about things we enjoy, but man, we're not just here to spit off facts. I mean, go read a Star Wars encyclopedia. Um, I'll lend one to you. Just, you know, we're just here to have fun. So uh, if that's what you enjoy, keep listening because that's, that's all we do here. Wait, but um, yeah, I yeah. guess my question uh, is, on. like, people come to a yeah. podcast to listen to the host talk. Some people don't look at it like that. Oh. You know, it's I, I'm here for purely facts about Torvalum. And that's it. Which is what this specific <laughs> comment was looking for. Uh, so I got a kick out of it. And I was like, did we talk about it? We did, but it was probably 45 minutes in the discussion. So. Flying casual, a Torvalum <laughs> backstory. <laughs> Now I just want to do an entire episode on Torvalum and make up a bunch of facts to a point where no one knows whether they're true or not. Because we never got a story, an actual story. Based okay, on so it's going to be like two truths and yeah. a lie, but for Star Wars characters. Yes, which could be pretty interesting and sexy. I can make that happen. Okay, we'll do it. And then you guys have to find the lie. Okay. I don't know. If- they're probably all lies, I think, <laughs> because we don't know any facts about him. Because he doesn't know. exist. Anyway. Well, not just Torvalum. Yeah. A lot of the crap on the internet. No, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. that I would do two truths and a lie for just Star Wars characters yeah, well, let's, in general. Well, let's do that. Yeah. Okay, the next episode, we'll do that. Okay. But hey, don't promise something you can't uh, follow through on, Holly. It's literally called two truths and a lie, so they can't be mad when there's a lie. Well, okay. That's not true. That's not true. Pure garbage. These guys <laughs> don't know anything. Uh, but we're just here to have fun, guys. And there's a lot to talk about. Uh I have not yet got to talk with these guys uh, here on the podcast at all about visions. I I spoke with uh, our patron folks at length about visions and what I enjoyed, but I have yet to hear from Luke and Holly about what they enjoyed, uh, maybe even what they didn't enjoy about that series. Um, so we're definitely going to talk to that, talk about that here in the front of the podcast, guys. And then towards the last half, we've also have some book announcements with some pretty interesting synopsis. Plural, Holly. Like, Gr- is this like moose and meese? Because it's I the don't... same thing, right? A tomato, tomato. Luke. I mean, it's synopsis still, right? Even plural. Or do you kind of change the pronunciation? And oh, I, I feel like question. it might be synopses. I was thinking. Okay. That. Well. Okay. Well, <laughs> we have some 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 title reveals and some synopses. Um. Uh. So says my esteemed colleague here. So we're going to talk about those. Some pretty interesting storylines and and maybe building up to some some story to build off you know in an obi-wan kenobi series i don't want to get ahead of myself here but uh could be something here brewing uh and then uh luke elder diving into the dark dark web of star wars talking potential leaks so we'll give a big spoiler before that discussion about the book of boba fett we typically don't talk about leaks but luke said hey guys i went to the depths and i saw some things i probably shouldn't have we won't talk about all of it but I'll reveal a little bit. So be prepared for that, guys, at the end of the podcast. But let's get to it. Visions. A big surprise, guys, for me coming out of left field. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I love so much of it, especially the back half of the series. Uh, Luke, I, I know you were, you know, you were coming to it with an open mind and just thinking it could be some fun. Did it, did it disappoint at all or, or did you have a good time with it? I had a good time. I, I mentioned that, you know, a few podcasts back when we were previewing it, how it was a little tentative about how I feel about it. I wasn't sure because there's certain aspects of the anime that I have been exposed to that just 
uh, strike me as odd and not as enjoyable. And there's really only like one episode that had a lot of that. The twins yeah. was that style of anime that was just kind of like over the top flashing epileptic lights yeah. and yelling all the time uh, that I didn't much care for. The underlying story was kind of cool, but uh, I liked how, um, how sort of like chill the rest of them were at times. Yeah. And then they jump into action, but it wasn't just like nonstop intense action the whole time. It was kind of like, it's, it's calm and let's see what's going on. Let's learn the story. And then we jump into some action and then it calms down again. And then we learn more. And, um, so yeah, I, I did enjoy it. And one, one aspect that I haven't heard many people talk about that I really enjoyed was the the music. And we, we don't, yeah. we don't spend enough time usually talking about scores, but I loved some episodes were really traditionally star Wars music and they could have like fit into any of the shows or movies uh, and other times it was like very strictly more just a Japanese sound to the music, Japanese traditional music, yeah, which was really um, great. I thought, and then there was some that were a blend of the two. So I really enjoyed that spectrum of the scores you know, ranging from between those things. A hundred percent. I actually thought the score for the ninth Jedi, I think it's the one I'm thinking of. I, it, I thought John Williams did it because I was like, this is gorgeous like and i think i think that score really pushed that 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 story for me to feel like the most star wars because we were in different places different scenes we you know we 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 got a lot packed into a very short story but the music holy cow knocked me off my socks there on that one Uh, holly you came into this with open mind a huge anime fan right Mm. Not even close. I don't know anything about anime, so okay. I, but uh, did you enjoy it? We we watched it. We we didn't binge it. We watched a few episodes a night. Mm-hmm. You were able to take it all in. What did you think? I thought it was nice. I liked. I mean, it was just something different. And I've yeah. been saying that I am. I I wanted something different. So yeah, you got it. I got it, and I think you know. I think it was cool. Um, still don't really know a lot about anime, so I feel like a lot yeah. of like. The symbolism or like, yeah, you know, I think some of the things weren't really, they went over my head. Hey, that's okay. But that's fine. I thought it was great. I agree with Luke. I think the music was fantastic. And I think that the stories would have felt very different if the music had been different. Yeah. Um, So I really feel like the music really brought the storylines home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was good. There was some pretty intense symbolism because we would be, I remember specifically watching the duel and all the way through, you're just like, I'm seeing so many references to water here. Like, I'm not really sure what that means. And I sat on that for a while and then we had casual counsel and just organically, I was thinking about that when they were talking about the symbolism as well. And it's just like, what does, there's just a power to it. And it, it was almost as if the water represented the force and, and in that final, that final uh, combat, that final altercation, it was in this waterfall, which is, I mean, one of the most powerful forces of nature. And it was an epic, you know, moment between these two powerful creatures. I thought that was genius. You bring it up being like, there's something there with that, that I didn't pick up on at first. And then it just kind of like organically came to me. Like that's, that's, that was perfect. What you brought up. And that's, that's strewn throughout the series. I'm sure. Um, and we went into a lot of it at length um, on Casual Council, so check that out if you haven't already. <clears throat> but Luke, is there is there a couple that specifically stuck out for you outside of even just the music part of it? Like story wise, what was the most captivating for you? 
Yeah, I'll say there's kind of two that have, that have stuck with me the most, I think, on, on first viewing. And uh, it was the last one, Akakiri, I think it's called. Um, I love the way it, it mirrored uh, Anakin's fall and in, in kind of the Revenge of the Sith story and, and Anakin and Padme's love story. It was like a, a, a retelling, reimagining of that in a way yeah. where uh, this character who wants to do something to save somebody in their yearning and need to save that person because of how they feel about them ultimately results in them bringing about that person's demise and in yeah. a much even more direct way than what yeah. we saw with Padme, you know, with, with what happened with Anakin and Padme, there's, it, it's so vague about exactly what was the cause of Padme's death. And, you know, there's a lot of feeling that Anakin's involved, yeah. <laughs> but it's really unclear. Whereas in this, um, it's like, no, he, he's directly responsible because he gets tricked into killing his, you know, love interest. I can't remember the character's name, but it's also interesting to me because it takes the whole Darth Pelagus story that one step further into yeah. actually being able to stop people from dying. And the love interest gets resurrected even. And then it's like, well, now I kind of owe the dark side that yeah. debt that it resurrected, um, resurrected my love. And so now I have to follow through with, with giving into the dark side. And so there's like so much more story after that, that, that could be really interesting too. So I, I really like that one in the way it paralleled to me, Revenge of the Sith. A hundred percent. I've actually heard critiques of that and that it was, we're just retelling. And I, I was like, well, uh, yeah, on the surface, it may seem that way and that this dude, you know, lost his love. He'll do anything to bring her back. And it's slightly different, but on the whole, it's kind of the same story. But like, how amazing is it that they're able to tell such a similar story? Yet we then refer back to Star Wars as we know it in canon and Anakin and his fall and, and losing the love of his life. And he was willing to go to the dark side to save her. Like now looking back and saying, okay, so what if that happened? To, if what if Anakin actually could have brought Padme back? Would he have followed the same fate? Is 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 this just telling us? You know, he was doomed regardless, right? Like it, the the power and the lust that he was seeking far overwhelmed any any love for Padme that he had. It was really power that he was after. I thought that was really amazing. That it, it just made me think more about that moment. It's telling a completely different story, but. And how sad that this guy was given the opportunity, and she 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 was brought back. Yet he still chose darkness. Um, it really shows you how powerful the dark side can be. Um, and and it, and it it just I, like like you said, Luke. It takes it a bit further to where you question even more about Plagueis and and what could have been and and, and Anakin's decisions. I, I just loved that so much. That was so unexpected there at the end of the series. Um, and, and it, it, it ended rather abruptly and it made me want more though. So I'm like, wait a second. I mean, this happened in seconds. He said, yes, master walked away and his lady's like, wait, what? And then that's it. It was crazy. So I want more. They, they, they had me grappling for more. Holly, do you recall that episode? I do. What, what did you think? Um, okay. So actually for me, that one was really hard to follow because mm -hmm. I felt like we jumped around a lot, mm -hmm. like on their trek. Yeah. And so I don't know, maybe I was just really tired but when we were watching it, but that one was like actually kind of hard for me to follow. Yeah. So probably wasn't 
my favorite, but that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I actually had some of the names confused when I was talking to the guys on Casual Council. I was everywhere, uh, but uh, yeah, this was this was up there for me, especially that ending. Um, but you're right; it was it was strange to follow because like you really had to catch that this 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 Sith Shogun. I don't even know what to call her. Like disguises his lover in like one of the guard suits, and he accidentally killed. It was kind of yeah, it was kind of hard to capture what was going on with all of it because it was very fast paced and. And uh, and boy, a menacing foe there from that that Sith uh, Shogun or whatever. She, I mean that that that's Jedi Fallen Order stuff right there. I was she it. a relative of that the woman that I don't he know. brought back? I don't. I don't think so. Oh, but a very menacing. But she killed creature. her father. What was the story, Luke? There's a, there's something there about because uh, yeah, they had I history. Think, yeah, I think you're right, Holly, in that she was this. Um, this evil force that came in and kind of took over the kingdom. Cause I think the woman was a princess mm-hmm. sorts and uh, that, yeah, her father was the ruler, but I think he got deposed by this, this evil uh, Jedi character and uh, well, not Jedi, but evil force wielding character. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that they were trying to avenge the father and sort of restore the, the ruling family. Yeah. It was, there's a lot into that little episode. So yeah. lots well, of there's a lot of the episodes kind of have this like loyalty to like family or found family as yeah. like the basis of absolutely the storyline. And that's very true to Star Wars in general, you know. And yeah. so I I definitely agree with what you were saying earlier where they stayed true. The stories really stayed true to like the heart of Star Wars, which I think some people were really concerned that they wouldn't. Yeah. But also some people are kind of. So. Yeah, and you're, you 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 nailed it right on the head because Lop and Ock was a big one. Um, this this found family, I thought that was very pow- powerful and and choosing sides and and uh, I I really liked that. You really liked the well, I talk about what, what did you well, most about? I mean, I just like the storyline. Yeah, I thought I don't know. I just like so often stories are really focused on like this is your blood family and you have to be loyal to them but anyone who comes from a family where like you're not very close with your blood family knows that like that's not necessarily true and it's like it's not always a good feeling to be told like well that's like your parent and you have to love them no matter what or that's your sister and you have to love them no matter what and I mean, you get this girl who was adopted into this family and she stayed very loyal to them and Mm -hmm. I mean you can imagine that in the end she would hopefully, I don't know if she'll bring her sister back, but yeah, you hope. she's going to try. And it was cool. You know how her father really embraced her in that moment. Like essentially saying like you are kind of the chosen one for this, this weapon. Uh, I thought that was kind of, uh, that was super cool. And, and even his other daughter, not, you know, necessarily seeking power, but thinking she was doing what was best for the planet. Um, and kind of, you know, getting wrapped up into all of it and becoming this like intense super villain. But also getting very jealous. Very and jealous of that. Angry yeah. when her dad Great gave point. her adopted sister the family heirloom and stuff. Absolutely. Her, so. Yeah. No, you're, and I mean, it's strewn throughout. Uh, the TOB1 had that as well with this, this kind of cybernetic kind of kid droid. I think he's a kid trapped in a droid's body. That's really kind of what I was getting from it. There's a lot of that there, uh, kind of a found family story. 
Um, let's see what else. Uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. I personally, I loved that story, uh, with the band. I know it was kind of silly, but I really, I really enjoyed that one. I thought it had, had some cool meaning to it and great music. Holly, I mean, I never saw Michael laugh so much at a cartoon. It was so funny when Boba Fett and Jabba are tapping their little feet and tail. Like and I that was tomorrow Morrison. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was awesome. Boba Fett. Yeah, I, I just, it was just so much fun. Uh, and, and like I told the the casual council, I, I just I like to think that that what was it Star Blazer Star what was the band name Star something Waver Star Waver. I like to think that they're out there at the Boonty Classic, just <laughs> doing a little opener for the for the race. I just I, I that's canon in my my head canon, whatever you want to call it, living free in my mind. Well, you free. you also yeah. brought something up about like. The story of like music saving yeah. people. It, it, it ultimately that's what it did. They they took a risk, but it, they were a family, and I thought that was so cool. Even some of them just said, "We're just a band," and the lead guys like, "Yeah, just a band. We're just a band." But that band, they, they saved each other. They they found their purpose. They they literally saved their friend and and partnered with Java. It was just I don't know. Was, I thought it was a very very interesting unexpected story. Um, which could have just, you know, on the surface looked silly. But, I mean, you can't ignore the music. I mean, I know these two guys here were loving bringing back just this kind of punk, early 2000s, late 90s vibe. <laughs> guys, when we're not airing, we're not recording, all these guys talk about is punk rock, and I am so out of the loop. We're talking some 41. What are these other bands you guys I are wouldn't, talking about? I mean, I wouldn't say oh, that okay. was so punk Oh, okay, so no, no, we're, turning on t- we're turning on some 41. What are the better bands, Holly? That were some direct references, some influences here for uh, Star Waver. Oh my god, I don't know, Luke. Were you picking out any any familiar, you know, sounds coming out of Star Waver? Well, what's funny is I think if you watch the the behind the scenes stuff they released, that uh, they referenced the Ramones as a oh. sort of the model for the band. But for me, that that isn't quite right. I think you you are right in that it's more of the because um, the Ramones it was. You know, it, it was a. Uh, it wasn't as clean a sound. It was, yeah. you know, it was all just about the power chords for sure, and, and drive in the fast tempo. Um, whereas this, this like you said to me was like late '90s, early 2000s pop punk, where it was much more melodic. Yeah, um, and the the guitar playing was like the the single note melodies yeah. mm-hmm. going rather than just like a bunch of chords. Uh, so yeah, it was like newfound glory. Some forty one, Blink one eighty two ish. Yeah, God, I love I love when we have these conversations, guys. <laughs> I kid you not, we were gonna record this episode last week. We all found ourselves literally just talking about anything but Star Wars. We talked about music and I think film for an hour and a half, and never recorded a thing. And said, "Well, I guess we're podcasting next week." Uh, so we 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 do enjoy that aspect and that side of things as well. And I I just I don't know that one just hit for me. I, I enjoyed. And it was it Joseph Gordon Levitt who was the lead guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. And that's a, I'm a big fan. So it was you know was I a little biased? Maybe, but I don't know. It it was it was just fun for me. Sometimes Star Wars feels too heavy and too serious. Like there were some very serious stories in in these nine short stories, and this one was just fun. I felt like I'd yeah. let my hair almost, down. Right, almost all of them were quite serious. Yeah. So this is the I think one of the only ones that was really just having a good time with itself. Like the one that we mentioned earlier, Lop and Nocho. Yeah. Um, 
that one kind of threw me because when you first see this character who looks like this fluffy bunny rabbit, you think like, oh, this is going to be kind of, uh, you know, kitty friendly, juvenile. Yeah. When you see that image, but then it's one of the more serious, um, you know, conflicted stories. And you're talking about the family tension. Yeah. That, that, um, so that one I was like, wow, they really got me with, with the, some of the imagery and like making me jump to conclusions that were, were way off. What, yeah, when his master put him away and said, whatever you hear, don't come out. It was like a switch flipped, and it was just dark after that. And you're like, oh, my God. Do you remember that, Holly? In what episode are you talking about? He's the, the little robot boy, you know. Oh, I His master know. is actually like a Jedi master, he finds out. Yeah. No, and then he, he ends up fighting the Sith that, that shows up and destroys, yeah. Sorry. destroyed the planet. Yeah. Yes. That, well, you enjoyed that one. What did what did you? Uh, you I, didn't. You no, I did. Confusing them. Okay. I think I'm confusing them. Okay. You remember the little? The, I do. I remember okay, that okay, one. Okay. I mean, okay. it was fine. I think. I think that what what Luke said about you feeling like I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of there was a woman in my department who put on i don't know if you guys know the oh, movie no. sausage party it's like a grown never movie. saw it. it's like oh, rated Jesus. r it's like an adult film yep. and she yep. all she saw was that it was animated so she put it on put for it on. her giant you know the giant <laughs> wiener in the in the promo right. trailer did not you know did not and so i think anybody. that i think that some people would discount some yeah. of these stories because they would look at it and they would be like this is going to be childish i'm for not sure. i'm never going to watch this like for this sure. is the dumbest thing ever and it's when you actually get into it, you have these storylines that have these great messages and carry yeah. these themes with them that are definitely not for children yeah. or younger children, maybe, yeah. you know, children that are a little bit older. Yeah. But I think that once you like get into it, I, I do think that some people probably would have discounted these based on seeing a character like a little fuzzy bunny. Although I will say this. Yeah. People would discount like an anime show like this mm-hmm. for the characters, but they'll go and they'll play something like Final Fantasy. That's yeah. literally the same thing. You have the same kind of characters, yep. people, animals, little bunnies. Yeah, Charizard, that, ga- that game yeah. really originates in Japan too, right? So yep. you get a lot of I think a lot of the same cultural influences. Yep, absolutely. Um, I know this is uh, a bit cliche based up a lot of the chatter, you know, around the fandom, but. Uh, I'd say the ninth Jedi is sort of the other one that kind of stuck with me yeah. and I thought about a lot and I know it's on the list of like a lot of people's favorite one. Um, what, what I thought about it was it was just the most sort of unique and advanced story. Yeah. And it, it was so fascinating to me to say, let, it basically jumped way, way ahead in the timeline to this timeline where, the Jedi are sort of forgotten or they're like a lot of the technology the Jedi utilize such as lightsabers is forgotten and they're sort of more underground and they're trying to build back up, which is, I guess, kind of similar to where we were in a new hope, but almost obviously we eventually learn a new hope isn't that far off from the, you know, a time when Jedi were more abundant. So this is like saying, no, let's really get away from this time period. Yeah. And so it can really become this ancient um, sort of rumored thing, not something that people live with every day. And what it got me thinking about was, um, you know, I don't know if this will ever happen. And if it does happen, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, they, before Last Jedi was released, Kathleen Kennedy said, Ryan Johnson has been such a great filmmaker to work with. We really like working with him. Heck, we're going to give him 
his own trilogy to develop from the start rather than have him work on a sort of a project that's already going. And, you know, given some of the backlash, it's largely believed by most people, I think, that that'll never happen. Mm -hmm. I think maybe there's still a chance, as long as Kathleen Kennedy's at Lucasfilm, because of how much she liked him, that they circle back around to it eventually. Just It's not going to happen really soon. But what it made me think of when they started to talk about, like, oh, well, Ryan, what would you do for your story? And he gave some quotes and interviews, and he'd say, well... We're, we're thinking about something, you know, very blue sky in terms of something not connected to anything that we really know now, or at least not in a big way. Yeah. And when I see the ninth Jedi, I, I think of, I think of that quote that he gave about getting, getting like really out there blue sky. And, and this is an example of something that could be a really powerful idea. Um, in that realm to me. And so I could see like this being the, the treatment for a whole new trilogy. It's such yeah. a, an, a fascinating premise. And I like the way it tweaks the lore and, and that the Kyber crystals are more alive in the lightsabers and they're reacting in real time to yeah. the, the emotion and the outlook of the wielder of the lightsaber. I think that's a fascinating adjustment to the lore and I kind of want that to be brought in to, to normal canon. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah it just, it, it's such a great premise that I think you could span or, or spin out <laughs> tons of movies off of this premise. And, and that little, you know, that little thing itself with the lightsaber or the, the Kyber crystal and what it could do just allowed you to open up the story and, and just shocked the hell out of me. Uh, I was super surprised by everything that happened in that little temple, um, as I think everyone was. But what a, what a cool, what a cool interpretation of of a kyber crystal and it being a living thing, and that it it doesn't. You know, we always hear about kyber crystals being like an extension of these Jedi, and, and they're so in tune with them. But like, we never dig into that very much. You know, we know that it calls to them and all that, but like this thing literally is interpreting where they stand on this spectrum of good and evil in the moment. Especially when the, the one Jedi, his lightsaber turns purple. Turns, yeah, he, conflicting, and right? He's not, he, yeah. He's like kind of on the fence, like, yeah, which way am I going? And then he I comes loved back. It. I loved it. it. It took such familiar things, like like we talked about the, the 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 kyber crystal being a living thing, and then kind of taking this idea of you know these these dark side wheelers being able to really kind of shield themselves from everyone and not showing their strength and their power, like Palpatine, you know, kept himself shielded from all these Jedi who's literally in their midst, and they never had an idea that he was the Sith Lord. And kind of turned that on its head, and it was actually this Jedi hero who was amongst all these Sith, and none of them had an idea, and they were so lost in their in their seeking of power and and these weapons that they didn't even see what was right in front of them. It was this Jedi that they so eagerly wanted to destroy. I thought that was genius, and like you said, Luke, kind of a Ryan Johnson kind of interpretation of Star Wars, kind of flipping things that are familiar kind of on its head, but it still feels like it, it still kind of honors the lore, but I just, because, you know, we've got, the, we've got the young girl who's strong in the Force, and she has this green lightsaber. Uh, uh, Holly and I were flipping out, like we would notice when she's wielding it that it's just getting a little stronger, a little stronger, 
And then all of a sudden she's got this full-fledged green lightsaber that and it just kind of shows, like Luke was talking about, the, their their attachment to this this crystal and their development in real time. It was such a cool way to, you know, uh, a real visual way of storytelling where people were in that moment, more so than, you know, you know, a, a long film can do that. But it, what a what a cool way to pack it all into such a short story and tell so much story in a, in a small period. So, yeah, that... You're absolutely right, Luke. That one was, that one was super cool, and boy, a nice little twist at the end. Uh, just made me curious about more. I want, I want more. Like it's amazing how much more I want out of these little short stories. It kind of, uh, well, it's funny that Luke brought up Brian Johnson because I was actually going to bring him up earlier before mm-hmm. we started because there's been a lot of conversation about Ryan Johnson and the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, like that I've been seeing online just over the last couple of weeks. I haven't really gotten on Twitter very much lately, but. Yeah, I don't blame you. People are talking about it, and somebody said, and I didn't confirm this, so someone can look into this, but somebody said that Star Wars website still has mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson as, like, a filmmaker for a new future trilogy. Yeah. They haven't and so changed they, it. Yeah. They haven't changed it, and he himself has said, like, I'm busy making other films, but the yeah. trilogy will still happen in the future. Yeah. So, I don't know, but I think that... It just kind of makes me wonder, like, how much does Lucasfilm own? Like, how much of these stories that the studios just created in these anime shorts, how much of that storyline does Lucasfilm own? Because part of me is, like, it would be really cool to have Ryan Johnson come in and, like, make a trilogy out of these stories. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it also kind of feels kind of icky to me to have this, like, white guy come in and take over a trilogy movie for these beautiful stories that, yeah. you know, the Japanese uh, studios created, but I think the Disney lawyers made a very explicit contract that any concept from these could be taken by Lucasfilm and ran. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I I'm sure. It sure. I'm sure they did. And probably for reasons like this, because they wanted to see what kind of reception it would get and then be like, that's, you know, and some of these storylines, like we were talking about, they're so open ended, Yeah, which kind of makes you wonder, like, what direction will they go with these? Will we get movies? Or are they just mm-hmm. going to do books? Or are they going to do more of these animated shorts? Or are they going to do a whole like anime series with one of the studios who created the story? You know, and so, but yeah, I'm sure that they would take it and do whatever they wanted with it. Now that they have it, I'm sure they own 100 percent of it. We see the yeah. way that they've treated some of the authors and the royalties that they weren't giving to them and stuff too, which is disappointing. But I don't know. I. I think that would be a fascinating story for them yeah. to expound on. It's but hard, I just it, would like them to be careful with how they do it. One hundred percent. And it, but it's hard to gauge. I mean, they're always they're going to chase the money. They always have. They always will. I mean, if you look at, um, I mean, just like the book of Boba Fett, like the success of season one of the Mandalorian. Oh, let's do a spinoff. Ah, uh, throw Ahsoka in there. Ah, uh, let's get Bo-Katan in there. They do their own thing. And you can even look at the the Marvel properties. Uh, WandaVision was a huge hit. Well, now Agatha is getting her own spinoff. Like, it's just... She is? Oh, absolutely, which really? I'm excited about. Did they confirm that? 100%. What? Yeah. How did yeah, I miss that? Well, you don't look at the news. It's cool. <laughs> uh, so, wherever the money is, wherever it's hot, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna stoke it. Um, so, if... But it's hard to gauge with these, right? Because they're not technically canon. It was felt like it was almost kind of like... But that's what was so great about it is it was, felt like there was no pressure and, and these were different unique stories. So I almost would hate for them to I, – I would love for them to kind of go in that direction and, and really just kind of turn things on its head like we talked about. But 
Yeah, it's, there's well, something unique to just these being their own thing and, yeah. and refreshing. But they they can make anything canon if they say it's canon, it's canon. For so it's sure. Like, the Ninth Jedi could be canon. They could do whatever they want with 100%. it, right? They could find a way to make it happen if that's 100%. what they wanted to do or that's yeah. the direction they wanted to go. I mean, Disney giveth and Disney they taketh away. Take for sure, for sure. Holly, what episode stuck out to you? Um... I think the one that left the biggest impression on me and also the one that I, like, really think I remember the most about. It's been a while since we watched these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier, Michael was like, do you remember the episodes? And I was like, yeah. But you emphatically were like, absolutely, I, I do. Sure and I was do. like, And now we're go. talking about them, and I was like, I don't remember I was like, I'm it. tired. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. It's 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, I really like The Village Bride. Yeah. That one was my favorite yeah. one. I just really like the animation style and... I love the concept of like the connection to nature and coming back yeah. to nature and then also like having a Jedi have to go see, you know, what what it means to be a Jedi and why you were a Jedi as scared as you are now that you're going to get hunted down or someone's going to kill you like people still need you yeah. and you have an obligation to protect people because this is what you signed up to do. Yeah. In a way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So like, I don't know. I really liked that episode and I like liked how it kind of built up and there were so many different things happening at once and there was like a lot of cultural conversations going on and also like conversations about nature and then like not just like nature nature but also like human nature. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, the juxtaposition of like all the violence that happened later in that episode mm -hmm. next to these very beautiful, like serene yeah. nature scenes. I don't know. Something about that. I was like, it just made me really mad. And I was like, they just need to yeah. just take them all out. That's the side of Star Wars I want more of. We always talk about the force and the force is in everything. And you just have to connect to it. No one can ever explain it. We never spend a lot of time on it. It's just kind of, yeah, it's nature. You can connect mm -hmm. with it. But it's like, I like when they dig into it a little more. It's like, especially with the village bride, like you said, just kind of getting back to almost the roots and just like, you know, finding herself mm -hmm. again in a, in a, in a, in a place of peace. I, I don't know. I kind of took that from it. And, and even the lop and Ocho Oko don't know how to pronounce it. That also had a story, um, you know, with, with this, this droid boy, you know, wanting in his, in his master wanting to bring back this planet. I and think you might be getting the episodes confused. <laughs> Am I? That's yeah, why that's I was confused. T -O -B -one. Yeah. Oh, T -O yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> T O B one. I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah, that was not the... See, this is exactly what happened to Casual Council. Too many episodes for me. We should have just cut it up into three at a time. Anyway, yeah, T.O.B. one. That one, I just... I want more stories like that. I, I've told this time and time again. I like these just... These just weird stories that it's not, you know, these, these Force-sensitive always becoming these, like, epic duelists with sabers, and, like, they just go out and they fight Sith. And, like, that is awesome, but, but there's like, more to the force and there's exactly. there's more to this connection than just violence. Exactly. And that's what we focus so much on in like these Western movie like yeah. I don't mean Western like oh the Wild West. I mean like yeah. the United States. <laughs> like we're yeah. very much focused on like we wanna see as Michael joked about me playing Call of Duty earlier. But Slaying we <laughs> yeah. we wanna see violence and we want to see like heroes come in and like slay all the bad guys but it doesn't always have to yeah 
necessarily be like that, which I mean, sometimes it is. And in these episodes are definitely epic duels, like obviously, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. don't get me wrong, but there's more to the connection than that. Like there has to be some sort of like inner connection and connection yeah. to your environment for you to be able to just like function yeah. in general. And I just like, that's why I like this one. And that's also, um, I don't know why I really like Ezra Bridger so much and so yeah. many of the different storylines that surround him in yeah. some of those episodes because it's just like he has that connection to nature too and they make that a huge part of his story and how he can and even Kanan does it like you have to find these serene moments just to like ground yeah. yourself and reconnect and I feel like when you only have these episodes that have these like big epic battles like you lose that and you kind of lose like a little bit of like the actual person in the episode, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so often we hear about the empire, like in rebels, just destroying planets and, and depriving people of their resources. And like in, in uh, almost went for the lop again, TOB one, uh, this planet destroyed. And yeah. How do you connect to the force? If the force is everything, if there is nothing, there is no force. And, and I thought that was so cool. And, the kid at the beginning didn't really understand it. He just he felt like inside he, he was a uh, he was going to be a Jedi, um, and then finding out he does have these powers, it all kind of made sense to me, and it felt like to him as to what his purpose was then, and what he was out to do was to actually protect the Force mm-hmm. and um, in different ways, rebuild and rebuild the pl- planet. Exactly. I mean, he brought rain exactly. to the planet, and we know water is life. Exactly. That's the big water theme. Hundred percent. Um. But, you know, and then it just, like, starts new life on it, the planet. See, I love I love those little side stories. It's just, it makes Star Wars that much more complex. And it's not just, you know, I, I, I love a good duel. I really do. But I really love that there's just more out there. I love the Force Collector story, which no one really gives a crap about. But this kid just, he's going to be a Jedi historian. Like, he's going to collect the tales and the history of the Jedi. And that's awesome. He's He said, I'm not meant to go out there and wield a saber. Like, I have other, the Force is calling me to do other things. I thought that was so well, cool. Well, think about it. For yeah. you to have a society that flourishes, you have yeah. to have people, everybody has their role to play. 100%. You know, we have a military, we have scholars, we yeah. have historians, yeah. we have people who create archives and people who keep track of that information. Yeah. And so all of that's important. I mean, even in like our Star Wars movies, we still have librarians and historians, you know, they don't, they probably play a bigger role in some of the novels and some of like the Clone Wars and stuff. But I mean, they're still there and they're still important parts of the conversation and important parts of the storyline. Cause without them, you wouldn't be able to preserve any of that history and no one would know what happened. That's why the Jedi became legends. They did that on purpose. Absolutely. Get rid of the history and no one knows what really happened. hundred percent. Anyway, no, it's a, are they ever going to, are they ever going to make a trilogy about it? Probably not, but you know what? I'd probably watch it. I don't know. Yeah. You could make a cool kind of like, I don't know. What were the what were the popular Nicolas Cage uh, National, Treasure. National Treasure movies? Something like that, preserving history. Are I you gonna know. pitch that to Ryan Johnson? Oh my God, Ryan, hear me out. You know, you got the Force Collector, you got Nicolas Cage. Maybe you bring him in here. Maybe he plays an older Force Collector. He's been out there just salvaging, you know, relics and. Would you want Nicolas Cage in Star Wars? I would take Nicolas Cage in Star Wars. Really. 100%. Could be a big crossover. I yeah. think I saw a Disney Plus coming out with a National Treasure oh, show. I love it. Could it. be a Star Wars National Treasure <laughs> crossover. 
crossover. I'm so down. Michael's I'm like, so down. I am a national treasure. Sign me up. I thought he was great in that. I know he gets a lot of flack, but Nicholas Cage. Yeah. 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 Luke, any other visions that you thought you were uh, intriguing enough to to comment on? Uh, I think we hit on sort of most of the the ones that stand out in my mind. That I only gave. I only got one watch through of all of them so far. I think it's definitely something I want to revisit for at least another run through. Yeah. Uh, to, to kind of soak some more of them in. Um, but yeah, that's kind of most of my initial thoughts. I think that's a great point, And that's what I told some of the council members. I think some of these are, you want to go back and watch. And I think the ninth Jedi might be one of those because I told those guys, I said, I bet we'll go back and watch it and we'll see that these Sith were actually just being themselves the entire time, but we were totally misled by what was going on uh, into thinking that they were actually like Jedi and good guys, but they were probably just showing their hand the entire time. And, and it was pretty obvious, but we were just kind of misled to believe and they weren't. Uh, there's a lot of other things out there. I think you can go back and watch these. Um, the elder is one where I just, I spent so much time thinking about the elder and that creepy guy at the end. Okay, the elder was like oh, I loved a it. horror story. Loved it. <laughs> I mean, and hit that dude's eyes. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't see that in my nightmares. That became one of my favorites. I, I the, it, the really begin- yeah because the beginning was so I don't know it was kind of Star Wars like it was just it was. some humor in the beginning. You're just like these dudes are just hanging out in this cockpit cracking jokes. You're like, where the hell is this going? <laughs> And ultimately, that one doesn't have much of a story. It's no. much more of a meditation on like what is a master apprentice relationship yes. and kind of what 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 are the ways that you guide somebody in the forces they're learning and a hundred percent. So like it wasn't a negative that it didn't have a story. It was just so focused on that kind of relationship. And and they talked about there was one moment where he asked his his master comments on power or something, and he says so it's like power useless. Like you're telling me like it's just like. It's it's it's, it's I, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, no, I'm not exactly saying that. But I loved at the end, you've got this, you know, the Sith Lord or whatever he was. He's this powerful creature um, in the dark side who, you know, obviously was power hungry, looking for the next big thing. He was never satisfied, but he was past his prime, right? He had been he had been bested by someone else. And it goes to show you that, like, you know, these Sith, they seek power and, and to be all powerful. But eventually, like, that's going to come to an end. And I thought it was so powerful. It took me a while in Casual Council, but I got to it. it I couldn't understand why after after that creature was killed, after the Elder apparently was killed, that he just dissipated into dirt on the ground. And I was like, what? what is that? And that was one of those moments, Holly, where you were talking about the water. I was like, what does that mean? And it just took me all back to the story of, of the Jedi and the Sith. And, and after death, you know, the Sith are so attached to this world around them and want to dominate it that quite literally in death, he is becoming part of that world. Yet Jedi, when they pass, go on to further existence and further understanding of the Force, and they'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. I thought it was such a great commentary on that. But like you said, Luke, there was zero story to it. They land on this planet, this creature is there, and they fight, and that was it. But well, like, you call him a creature. Was he a creature? I thought he was a man. An older man, but he, well, I, he was creepy. I, I kind of like that you call him a creature because what all that makes me think of is Gollum. Yes. Is 100%. that like... It's like a golem parallel or like a 
a parallel the way that like the dark side of the force can extend your life. Yeah. I like the ring, the power of the ring did for Gollum, but it like, it tears you apart Yeah, and, and weakens you the whole time that it's doing it. So that as soon as that sort of power is drawn away, you might just like completely fall apart because like the yeah. Sith, the Sith cling to power and cling to the, um, you know, the, the, the real world that they live uh, and, and obtaining as much power then as possible. And they fear death. Whereas like the Jedi accept that there's more to their connection to the force than just like the co- corporeal world. Yeah. So, so they're able to let it go and become one with the cosmic force. Whereas the, the, the Sith are clinging and like, like Gollum clinging to the power of the ring so much that he would throw himself into lava right like it, he he's 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 just seeing the power and not the consequences of you know what's going to happen when he seeks it like just like this this elder he thinks he's on unsta- like i'm i'm focused on defeating what's the next best thing and he doesn't realize his body is weakened now and he he's really followed the wrong path i love that how will we make so many connections to the lord of the rings on this podcast i'll never know because all the same themes is like the same yeah. themes in Lord of the Rings For and sure. in Star Wars. For it's sure. just like you're saying, like power hungry men yeah. getting violent over resources. hundred percent. Which is usually land, planets, weapons, and laser swords. information. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Visions was great. Uh, a big surprise. I want more of it. Guys, uh, we're going to take a little break, and on the back side of that break, we're going to talk about some new Star Wars literature we've been teased. Are we excited about it? Are we going to buy it? Are we going to read it? Likely we will be, but we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Guys, we are back, and uh, really epic Visions discussion there, guys. So thank you for that. I uh, hope you're not sick of talking Visions. It's probably going to fall into the next you know, 10, 20, 50 episodes of Flying Casual. So, um, But we did. We got some news. It's been a while since I've really seen a book announcement that's gotten me excited. And I hate to say that because some of the High Republic stuff is cool, but it's losing me. I hate to say it, it's losing me. I'm just not as captivated. I'm going to I'm gonna restart uh, the book that I'm on right now. I'm just like, maybe I'm missing something. Whoa, maybe I know. Too much High Republic hate. Too much High Republic hate. Uh, I'm not putting it there with episode two just yet. So, But, um, I, guys, I was pretty excited about some of these announcements. And I know it's, you know, it, it, there's a lot of discussion about it right now. Some people are just like, this is so dumb. Why are we even telling these stories? And some people are interested in seeing, you know, what else is out there and, and, and telling a little more backstory to some of the stuff that we're familiar with, especially these, uh, the sequel trilogy. But we got some announcements, uh, a few books. Um, one is an anthology, which we don't really have any information on. Um, so we're not going to touch on that, but I do want to talk about the shadow of the Sith to start out. Um, a story about Luke Skywalker and Lando um, in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, which is pretty fascinating. Um, and, and there's some mention in, in the synopsis of Ochi Bastoon, which, 
you know, before reading the Darth Vader comic, I might have been a little more interested in, but I'm like, I don't know if Ochi's leaving a bad taste in my mouth now. So we're going to see how this plays out. But uh, Luke, you read the synopsis for Shadow of the Sith. Are, are you interested to learn a little more about Luke Skywalker's involvement, what him and Lando were out there doing? I mean, maybe we could get a little more background on Snoke. Uh, and, and how Palpatine was using this 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 character? Are, are, are you done with that that part of Star Wars, or do you think there could be something good here and worth reading to kind of fill in some of the story that we've just been teased all along? Oh, I hope it's ninety nine percent Ochi. Love that little weasel. You know, really grown fond of him. He's so endearing. <laughs> uh, now it's in, interesting to me because I. No, I don't think the book precludes this from ever happening, but I thought it would be really interesting to see some kind of show or maybe a, a movie that that covered some of this time period. Now, I don't know that they would invest the resources of a, a live action yeah. um, type of production for something like this, but I always thought it would be really interesting to kind of delve into this time period in between the original trilogy ending and and the the sequel trilogy beginning uh with some animated series in the way that they did with rebels you know kind of bridging the gap between the prequels and and uh, the original trilogy um i thought it'd be really cool to explore you know what 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 went on some of the stuff that's alluded to in the sequel trilogy um some of the stuff that's alluded to in some other books you know that came out um in this time period as well uh I hope that maybe we do someday get that. And like I said, the book doesn't necessarily mean it won't happen, but maybe it could be that the book version is the only version of this story or this time period that you really, really get. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm intrigued enough where I'll, I'll check it out. But I did. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad because you were you were so excited about it, like a happy little puppy running around with this news. And I kind of threw a little cold water on, on it. Oh, it's uh, OK. But it hasn't, uh, you know, doused your enthusiasm too much. <laughs> Not at all. No, I, th- I think that I think there's some potential for some for some cool stuff there. I, I'm just getting some hints, especially with the first paragraph of the synopsis. Just it feels like some legend stuff. We're we're talking about uh, the Empire's dead. Nearly two decades on from the Battle of Endor, the tattered remnants of Palpatine's forces have fled to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. And they talk about Luke Skywalker being haunted by visions of the dark side, foretelling an ominous secret growing somewhere in the depths of space. Like, that is legend stuff there. That is Luke Skywalker, you know, feeling other things in the galaxy and wanting to explore them and go out on adventures. Like, we have an entire series dedicated to that. I just feel like we're there. I feel like Legends fans are going to get a little bit of that. Um, those people that really enjoyed The Mandalorian and that scene of Luke Skywalker are going to get a little more of that as well. Him learning more because i mean he's still young he's i mean who knows holly maybe him and grogu are out and you know instead of ben skywalker we're getting grogu skywalker and they're out there just you know rampaging and and doing all sorts of backflips and cool stuff out there in the galaxy holly does this intrigue you you were a fan of the rise of skywalker so Mm -hmm. does this story learning a little more about lando having a daughter i think we all kind of thought that that was kind of weird at the end of rise of skywalker just wait this is this oh okay it's his daughter that felt that felt weird uh but uh, well, apparently this confirms it but what what, what do you think well, what do you think 
Maybe I didn't read the whole synopsis. I yeah. don't think it necessarily means that she is his oh, daughter. Oh, Holly, but... come on. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's guaranteed. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah. What did you think? Of the synopsis. The synopsis. Not I the think... Rise of Skywalker. We've been <laughs> over that. No, I think that it sounds good. I mean, obviously, like, I'll check it out. I haven't read any of The High Republic. I have a very Boy. long list of books that yeah. we need to read. Yeah. Um, so this will definitely be on the list. You're, I don't you're think back Ochi, to being done with the sky. I don't think that Ochi left a bad taste in my mouth like okay. he did to you, though. Like Phrasing, by the way. I don't yeah. mind Ochi, yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think that everyone's been dying, like, not even begging, like, screaming for, like, oh, give me the badass Luke. And so yeah. if people are going to bitch about this, yeah. when this is, like, Luke Skywalker supposedly, I mean, yeah. is maybe not quite in his prime, but. Yeah up there like i don't know what people want then i don't know i maybe ochi here you know is a little more menacing i think that's kind of the idea him out hunting ray um but i'm I'm just curious because it takes me back to all of my force awakens speculation with ray on jakku and unkar plot i mean years ago i was saying that han solo was making a deal to protect Ray, and I still think it's possible. I think he could show up and barter with Ungar Plot and say, "Just take the Falcon." He's with Luke. He's with Lando. I, I don't know. It kind of it kind of takes me back to those years of speculating about the Force Awakens, which excites me. But just learning more about that time period and what the heck went down. It sounds like Luke knew Ray's parents and was trying to protect them. Like, there's so much story there to be told. I think it's pretty fascinating. Um, and we'll connect Ray a little That's more. That's true. With all it does going say on. that Luke and Lando race into the mystery of the cis lingering shadow yeah. and aid a young family running for their lives. For sure. Obviously, they fail. Spoiler. Spoiler. And go, Luke. Yeah. And maybe that's a huge, another reason for, you know, yeah, Luke failed Ben, but like, here's another, you know, we did we protect this kid? I don't know. Like, you know, feeling like he's failing at a lot of things. Maybe. I I don't know. Yeah. It it could open up some kind of tricky doors, though, too. It's like, how much did Luke find out in this time period? And if so, it, it creates these complicated questions of, well, why didn't he tell Ray and Leia yeah. more mm-hmm. about yeah. what was out there in terms of the First Order, in terms of Palpatine? Yeah. So for me, it's they got to be careful with this book because I think it would be it would just raise a lot of strange questions if Luke found out everything. Yeah. In this time period, but like nobody else was ever clued in. Yeah. Um, on it. You know, so that that to me is why I think I'm a little wary about it. Um, we as the audience know what's out there to be found. But I think you have to be smart and clever about how much the characters find out yeah. mm-hmm. in this time period. And, and enough to make it interesting, but enough so it doesn't make you totally, like, incredulous about their behavior in the sequel trilogy. A hundred percent. And yeah, I think that's why we're getting Lando's story too to supplement this, right? To tell a little more about his past, what happened after episode six with him. Like he lost his daughter. It obviously devastated him. What happened to him after all this time, right? What did he just up and leave this kind of new governance? Uh, like what, what was his story after that? I don't think we really know uh, too much about that time period with um, the exception of maybe some new comics. Yeah. So this one's, being written by Adam, Adam Christopher. Christopher. Yeah. He wrote 
some of the shorts in a certain point of view, and he was yep. going to write the Mandalorian novel, and then they canceled it. Yeah. So I guess they're giving him this in lieu of the Mandalorian novel that they canceled. For sure. Um, but I don't see that he's done very much yeah. Star Wars writing other than his short stories. Did they mention what short view. stories he did in particular? End of Watch. Yeah. And The Witness. Okay. I'm pretty sure I enjoyed those. I, I actually don't even recall this. It's been so long. But. The wit- The Witness is from a certain point of view. The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And then End of Watch is just from a certain point of view. Okay. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think, like Luke said, you got to be cautious with this, yep. but some a good opportunity to tell a little more Orlando's story. Um, you know, maybe we don't, you know, maybe Luke doesn't learn everything, but that's just, you know, there's so much that even in Legends that Luke doesn't fully understand. Uh, Rob will love talking about, like, this pool of knowledge and, and flow walking and all this stuff. There's some mysterious stuff out there that, you know, the this, the movies probably don't even touch on uh, with Palpatine and what he's doing and, and Luke trying to figure that out. I, I think it could be pretty interesting um, to the point where the, the movie didn't really have to get into it. Maybe, you know, this, this story can kind of, can kind of flesh out some of that and, and be a little more intriguing than just kind of retelling what we already know. Um, but I, I think it could be interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see what goes on with that one. That's, that's definitely on our watch list coming out. Uh, I believe in June. June of 2022. Yep. Yeah. The next story which this is where I don't know how we're getting so much Obi-Wan content, but I'm pretty sure a lot of fans are loving it. Uh, the next novel uh, by Mike Chen coming out in May of 2022 is Brotherhood. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin uh, need to stem the tide of the raging Clone Wars and forge a new bond as Jedi Knights. Uh, Luke... Some more Clone Wars era story. A little surprising. A little surprising. But I'm looking at these stories, and we're getting so much Obi-Wan stuff. I don't even know when the Obi-Wan Kenobi series comes out, but I, I'm assuming all these books come out before it's ever ever premieres. I feel like we're we're giving a little backstory here to 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 some contention maybe with Obi-Wan and Anakin that we don't really you know we we don't really get in the clone wars. They have moments where they disagree and they butt heads, but like, I feel like this could get a little more serious and we could see this kind of coming of age of Anakin Skywalker and, and some issues he had with his master and maybe setting some groundwork for some future story. We learn, uh, you know, maybe even in an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I'm a little surprised that we're getting this, but what, what did you take away from the synopsis? Is it something you think you want to pick up to, to flesh out the clone wars a little more and our, and our, our best buds, uh, Anakin and Obi. Well, actually, as you were sitting there sort of re-summarizing the synopsis, I was scratching my head thinking you had it all wrong because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking Sir, they're surely not doing another Clone Wars era thing. <laughs> not because I don't like the, that era. Yeah. It's just because there's already so much there in current canon. They yeah. did seven seasons of a, of a TV show yeah. that, that largely kind of showed the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan at this time. So I had read these, the synopsis, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago when it first came out, and then I must have blacked out the part that it was in the Clone Wars <laughs> and rewrote it in my mind to be what I would probably prefer it to be, and be like a before episode two, in between episode one and two story, 
with Anakin and Obi-Wan, because that to me is a time period we know a lot less about, at least yeah. in current canon. I think maybe in Legends there was some stuff, but I, yeah. I wasn't familiar with it. Uh, so, so to me, that's the more like ripe time period to be explored. It's a little shocking to me that they're just, nope, another Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> How much more do we have to learn in that era about their relationship? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I was scratching my head at it too, and, and, and one thing that stuck out in the synopsis it says, once a Padawan to Obi-Wan, Anakin now finds himself on equal but uncertain footing with the man who raised him. The lingering friction between them increases the danger for everyone around them. The two knights must learn a new way to work together, and they must learn quickly. So I just... I don't. I feel like we've gotten a little bit of that from the prequels and even from the Clone Wars, but it's got to be something a little deeper. Um, and and I feel like it could. I don't know. I, it just seems odd to me. We're getting all this Obi Wan content. I feel like maybe they're going to honor. You know, they're going to tell some interesting story and honor that story in the Obi Wan Kenobi series. And maybe you're just like, oh my god, yeah, like boy, there was a little bit of bad blood there. And maybe we now, you know, you know, it seems so. We're, we're so easy to judge Anakin for, for you know, uh, what he did and how he turned on Obi-Wan and all that. But maybe there's something there that we don't quite understand. Uh, we, we, we tend to put Obi-Wan on a pedestal, and rightfully so. I think we all do. I mean, he's the, ba- the man. He's the man and the band. I try to say the best. He's a one-man band. He's the band. So I, maybe there's something else there. I, I don't know. Obviously, he has his, his shortcomings, too, but... Uh, it could be interesting to learn a little more about the relationship, and 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 uh, I think it'd be cool if it was brought up in the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Holly, I feel like every time we talk about Anakin, I just and envision you just hands out looking for an autograph, and 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 Hayden, Hayden Christensen, Christensen just man. turning you off and 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 denying the autograph. Are, are, is this something that interests you? Are you kind of you know over the Clone Wars area at this point, and the Skywalkers, and the Obi Wan's? <gasps> I think. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. I'm. I guess I'm kind of over it. Also, I'm not very impressed with the title of the book. Like, I understand it, but yeah. like, really, we're gonna with yeah. everything going on and Star Wars being so political, we're gonna come out with a book right now called Brotherhood. Like, I yeah. just. Yeah. Come on. Like, let's pick a better name. Like, I understand where it's coming from, but I just, I don't know. I I don't know that I'm that excited for this one. Yeah, that's fair. I think we're all kind of in that same boat of like, why. <laughs> just, well, yeah, Michael, you brought up a really good point about the Obi-Wan series. I, I, didn't, I hadn't considered that angle. And there's the other book coming out yep. of uh, what's it called Padawan. Padawan. Where it's going to be Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon together when, when Obi-Wan's a Padawan. So I, I hope that you're right that these books um, that feature Obi-Wan will connect either thematically or, you know, aspects of the relationship between him and Anakin that we will then see sort of reflected in the Obi-Wan series. So they tie in in that way. I think that'll be really interesting if they do, yeah. if they don't, and it just, and then it just kind of falls flat. Yeah. Um, it's like, Oh, well, these weren't as impactful, but there is, there is potential like you were saying for a nice kind of connection into the, the Obi-Wan series, which we expect to get probably sometime next year. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe some flashbacks to some of these moments, if there were confrontation, I, I don't know, just like, Vader has a lot of flashbacks. We're seeing that in the comics, so maybe we get some of that. Maybe we see some some contention between them, you know, in this story. I think that'd be awesome because, yeah, if we if we not, then I mean, it might as well just been a story in the Clone Wars. Why do we really care? Uh, so I I am hopeful, and, and like you mentioned, Luke, there is that that third story 
um, from Kirsten White Padawan coming out in July of 2022. See, they're all around the same mm-hmm. summer, likely before Obi Wan, leading us up for right it. Right after yeah. Celebration. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. they're going to do a cool authors panel at for Celebration sure. with these. For sure. And these are all star. These are all authors that I'm not familiar with. I don't yeah. think they've written very many Star Wars stories. Yeah. So I think that they're newer. To writing Star Wars, yeah, which I think is cool. Yeah, for sure. I like that. For sure. <laughs> they have all those people working on the High Republic nonstop cranking stuff exactly. out. So That's like, true. We got to exactly. get some new people in here. Those people are working like dogs over there. That's 100%. true. But I think it's really cool for some of these authors who probably are huge Star Wars fans to like actually have the opportunity given to them to like yeah. write a Star Wars story. So I am yeah. excited about that. And it's I like that they're telling different stories outside of the High Republic because right now everything is so High Republic centered. Like I like I told you guys, it's like fizzling for me. I need to get. I'm just probably not giving enough time. We've had other things going on in life, and it's just you know maybe I'm just missing out. But it's nice that we're getting other stuff, and you know with all of that, I think that'll be great. But this one, this one also kind of threw me for a loop. I'm reading the you know the synopsis here. Uh, talking about, it says Obi-Wan really wants to be a good Padawan, the best Padawan even, but that's uh, feeling more and more impossible with this new master, Qui-Gon Jinn. All of Obi-Wan's friends are off training to be real Jedi, getting mission experience while he's still on Coruscant, practicing his forms and sitting in silent contemplation. Um, it kind of took me back to the book Master and Apprentice, Luke. I'm just thinking, wait a second. Didn't we already get a story about them button heads and stuff? And then once again, I'm asking myself, why are we getting this story? Uh, but it sounds like, you know, Obi-Wan, a little impulsive at times, a different Obi-Wan than we all envision. We, we, I think we kind of think of him so polished. And, and, I mean, obviously he, you know, isn't the most polished. And, and a lot of things happen to Obi-Wan, and he kind of has to improvise along the way but we all kind of think of him as one of the greatest jedis of all time but an impulsive youngling here who's just kind of i'm gonna go on this mission by myself uh and is gonna have to learn some things from qui-gon qui-gon's likely gonna have to come save his ass but also an element of you know this being around the time where dooku leaves the order what influence does that have on qui-gon how does that affect obi-wan some story there i think still to be told could also be just like we talked about in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, some nice added context to Obi-Wan's relationship now with Qui-Gon and maybe reminiscing on on times past and how they've grown. That would be cool too. So, Luca, I mean, another one where I'm kind of shaking my head and be like, why did we – but maybe this is kind of setting us up for something more. That really ties back to, I think, what Holly was mentioning earlier in terms of like needing different – people playing different roles – where like you, you need somebody who's the scholar, and you need somebody yeah. who's more the jump in there and respond to the danger right away. And that's a common theme that's come up in a lot of the um, like novels and stories outside of like the films and movies. Um, you know that whether or not you are like always out there seeking the the dangerous situation and trying to uh, you know save people or stop it or whether you're more meditative, contemplative, uh, you know, a, a scholar of Jedi lore. Mm-hmm. There's uh, characters who, who sort of represent both contrasts in the High Republic. There was a storyline in the uh, Dooku Jedi Lost audio drama that dealt with that, like some masters who had their apprentices just sitting there, like, meditating all day versus yep. others who were, like, 
taking them around the galaxy. Let's go see what trouble we can find. Yeah. Uh, so that seems to be like a really common sort of Jedi apprentice theme about those, those different approaches you need to take and, and what the, um, you know, what the value is and, and disadvantages of, of either of those approaches. And it humanizes them a little bit too, right? Like I felt like when the, the, the brief snapshots that we got of the Jedi temple and the younglings around, it was very orderly. Everyone, all these kids were in their robes. They had the right answers. It's like none of those kids were going off of on like, like, non like uh like missions on their own that weren't on the books like they weren't just like leaving the that wasn't a thing like seemed polished everyone was in order everyone was following the rules and we're finding out that isn't so much uh the case i think in in claudia gray's high republic book from what i started we are their main young character there was kind of the same way uh, I think he kind of wanted to actually stay on Coruscant because he's like, why well, do I don't want to go to the Outer Rim? It's boring. There's nothing to do out there. I could be at home with my books and there's stuff to do here and knowledge. I could just learn here. So it's kind of an interesting kind of uh, difference there, uh, perspective. But, uh, yeah, Holly, what do you think? Some more Qui-Gon love. I mean, I'm, I'm always for down it. for it, right? I, I am at, I, I would read this one before I would read the okay. Brotherhood one. We're gonna have to have you read Master and Apprentice probably even. Uh, before yes, it. I also have not read Master and Apprentice for sure, for sure. Um, setting us up, hopefully, I hope for some Obi Wan love uh, in, in this upcoming series. Um, Hayden Christensen's out there doing photo ops back in the fandom. Just, just Is he though. I mean, well, here's here. I didn't want to break this to Holly, but yes, he is doing photo shoots with people and fans, but they did have a plexiglass divider between him and the fans for COVID protocols. Or maybe he's just trying to distance himself after that altercation you guys had in the autograph line, Holly. I I mean, now (laughs) you wouldn't be able to get close enough. No. Yeah. They put me on the forbidden at Hayden Christensen's (laughs) events list. Absolutely. No, that's not true. There was no altercation. Oh, it says, beware, Holly, danger, Walt. That's right. Little little Austin Powers <laughs> reference. Now that you've seen the movie, Holly. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, Jesus. Can't win. Can't win. Um, so, guys, super, I, I think I'm excited for these. It's nice. A little change of pace from the High Republic. Let's, let's tell some more familiar stories. But hopefully, you know, they have, you know, they matter. And it's it's going to, you know, we always want it to to pay off in, in upcoming, you know, uh, movies and series. And, and I think this could, uh, but like we all have realized when uh, the, uh, the journey of, you know, stories came out, we read them we're like, wait, did we have to read this before going and see the rise of Skywalker? Probably not. Uh, but Disney take our money. We'll buy the books. So that, that could be the situation here, but uh, I'm hoping for some good story, some coming of age stories for some of our known heroes. Are these adult books, young adult books? Uh, I don't a couple know of them it... are young adult. Um, I would say that um, the coming of age Obi-Wan Padawan is definitely a young adult. The one that we were just talking about. Yeah. The... Cause I looked on her website yeah. and she writes adult books. She writes children books and she writes young adult books, yeah. but she has nothing about this person particular book on her website at all well the the disney press ones tend to be that kind of young adult um range and the del rey stuff tends to be the older range i believe so See, i wasn't sure because her other books are published by del rey yeah well i don't know but anyway because be. I, I think that that will change the tone of the story too yeah for sure for sure but i don't know some of the young adult novels are my favorites in star wars oh yeah no for sure for sure right um 
So looking forward to that. Can't wait for that. Uh, got to get back to doing some reading. Uh, I've got a lot to catch up on, as does Holly. So we will uh, hopefully get to talk about those at some point in the future um, or even, uh, you know, upcoming book club. So looking forward to that. Uh, guys, to wrap things up, we've got our insider, Luke Elder, going to the depths of the Internet. Uh, Luke, not usually one to tap into the leaks and or spoilers. We won't get too spoiler heavy, but you did find uh, some information about the Book of Boba Fett on the interwebs and a potential connection that we may be seeing, you know, more so than on the surface to the Mandalorian than we even realize. So what is it that you're seeing? Yeah, have no fear. This isn't a big spoiler. We're not getting it into any plot details or anything like that is very minor thing that we're going to talk about. And it's, it's not necessarily what it means for book of Boba Fett, but it just got my mind going and I'm wondering if it has a, a bigger connection and I might be reaching here. I might be stretching, but we'll see. Um, the source is a website called giant freaking robot.com. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't, I honestly don't know a lot about them, but I've heard other <laughs> People talk about them as if it's a legitimate source. They trust the reporting generally. So um, the article is exclusive. The Book of Boba Fett episode titles revealed. So I'm not going to go into what any of the titles are. Um, I don't think they're all that revealing. But um, the big thing that stuck out to me, and this maybe isn't that surprising because a lot of people have heard this referred to as kind of like Mandalorian season two and a half. Yeah. what they're doing is, you know how we had, you know, Mandalorian season one, each episode was titled chapter one through chapter eight for those eight episodes. Then we had eight episodes in season two. And, you know, rather than being chapter one through chapter eight, it was a continuation. Season yep. two is chapter nine through 16. Uh, what this reveals is that um, episode one of the season of Book of Boba Fett is going to start off as chapter 17. So, you know, directly follows chapter 16 from the end of Mandalorian season two. And I guess, like I said, that's not all that crazy or revealing because I kind of expected this to be a, an end extra season two of Mandalorian or extra beginning of season three. But it got me thinking about some of the comments Kathleen Kennedy made when they were announcing all these other shows they want to develop in the same part of the timeline. So when they talked about all these other shows they want to develop for Disney plus occurring in the same sort of, Mandalorian universe, John Favreau verse of the Star Wars timeline. Um, we are expecting Ahsoka will be in the same time period. The potential ranges of the New Republic would be in the same time period. And you have the Mandalorian. Um, and I, I think those are the most of the ones that would be in this same time period. Um, they said that, you know, we want to bring the a lot of the characters from the Mandalorian show and from these other shows that occur at the same time. And, culminating into an an event and they made it sound like it was a movie like a feature length event where they all kind of get together at the end Uh, i guess sort of the avengers equivalent of of marvel um and so it got me thinking that i would be really great if if these aren't so much separate series as they're all just part of this same linear story and so that by the time that maybe Ahsoka debuts season one, episode one of Ahsoka will be like chapter 42 of this series that we've been watching. That's really just one connected story, but it keeps getting these different sort of names for these different sections of it. And that to me, um, you know, like if you go into star Wars history and George's development of the story, 
he loved old serials, Flash Gordon, the comic books yeah. that just, they never end. You're on like issue 200 of a story, comic book, whatever. They just keep going and going and going. And, and that's sort of the, the idea he brought to Star Wars. And in some of the early days, he talked about making 12 films or more. Yep. Um, so that to me, it was like, oh, that's a great connection to that. It'd be really cool, culminating in some big event, chapter 70 of the, you know, of the series is a, a movie. So I, that's really intrigued me. I wonder, how, like, how much of that idea you, you guys feed off of or what you think about it. I'm buying it. I'm buying I'm th- I think it's a, a further way of hooking people in, especially even, like, new people, right, that are just in the Disney Plus now. They're like, Mandalorian's cool. Who's this chick with the laser swords? Like, she's cool. Uh, I guess I got to stick around and watch the book of Boba Fett. Cause like you said, if this is going to be a linear story, well, boy, you got a lot to watch then. If you want to find out who this Ahsoka lady is, uh, and stick around for a while. I, I love that idea. I love that. It's like crossover events can be cheesy on television. Uh, but one of the cool, I mean, remember Holly when Reno nine one one and new girl did a crossover event and it was hilarious. Do you recall that episode? I don't think that was Reno nine one one. Not Reno nine one one, Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn nine nine, <laughs> Reno nine one one. Like a what? blast from the past. <laughs> I don't think I that's loved what you Reno meant to say. But wouldn't that have been yeah. epic? I I recall, you know, like I like I was saying, crossover events can be cheesy, but sometimes it can be done well. This could be a, a crossover event of of epic proportions, and maybe even what if. We got some feature film at the end of all this to where you don't have to go into all the complexities of backstory and everything that's happened. And it's just a bunch of kicking ass going on for three hours. Well, eh, I don't know about that. You're out on that. Yeah, I'm out on that. But personally, I enjoy TV shows far more than yeah. I enjoy movies. Yeah. I, movies do not captivate me. I cannot stay focused. Yeah. I, they lose me 45 minutes into them. Doesn't matter the how great they are. Austin Powers, classics. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but I will watch Lord of the Rings extended edition. And yeah, I won't say for sure. Through the entire film. That's not true. That is absolute lies. Oh, you please. talk through everything, but go ahead. Okay. I am totally into yeah. this concept of having... 75 episodes of these shows. If the story's done right, then do it. For sure. So I just feel like give me them in smaller, like shorter episodes. So it's like watching a movie, but not actually sitting through a two and a half hour movie. And I'm good to go. For sure. I, I like the idea, Luke, what you're saying, if it is linear and we're going to tell these stories, you know, over time, I think that's great. And then if Grogu's going to come back, cool. All right, let's do it. Let's throw it in at some point. But I, I love that. Then you're not questioning, okay, where are we? Because it can get a little confusing as to where we are in the, the timeline. timeline and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I like it if we're just going to continue this on and then get to a point, whether that's, you know, freaking episode freaking seven or something. Who knows? Um, but it, it could just be, I, I'm super down for it. I think it makes it that much more interesting to the, you know, new viewers too. Like I said, so I'm here for it. I, yeah. I, I mean, Luke, does it excite you? Yeah, I think it could limit some of the creativity and the storytelling when you're saying like, Oh yeah. no, Ahsoka series, you have to start at the end of Mandalorian season three. You can't cover stuff that would have occurred during Mandalorian season one, you know, yeah. like it could be somewhat limiting 
in the creative side of things. But I think you can get around that with, um, you know, you have your main storyline that's going in the, the real time of the, the episode and the series that you're watching, but then they have some flashbacks that clue you into things that happened earlier and things like that. So I think you can work around that. Um, but it, it just, it just makes sense to me because, you know, Filoni is believed to be the one really in charge of the Ahsoka series. And he's worked so closely with Favreau yeah. on, on Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett. So it just makes sense. You kind of have about the same people working on all the shows in this era. So they could have the, the level of coordination that would be necessary to make them all flow together. Uh, so it is, it's a really exciting idea to me. And uh, I won't be disappointed if it ends up, you know, if Rangers of the new Republic and Ahsoka don't end up being, you know, essentially season five of Mandalorian or whatever um, in, in continuation. But I think it is really intriguing and it makes sense that if they're all flowing into this, culmination story together that they would travel down that road. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, that's what I meant by like, if the story, if the storytelling is done right, Mm -hmm. then I think it can be effective and I think it can give you the information that you need. So I don't know. I would be, I would be excited for that. I, I, I trust what they're doing and I'll be honest. I, they captivated me, you know, a character that didn't really, have too much investment in Boba Fett. I know there's, you know, everyone thinks he's the coolest thing in Star Wars. I, I, I just really wasn't connected to him, but uh, the Mandalorian did it for me. Yeah, I think it's cool as heck. Well, I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's that, it's just a different side of him, right? Like an unexpected side. I don't think that I was anticipating at all. Uh, who would have thought he'd be the good guy coming in this? But then the teaser that they show us, He's a complete, you know, who knows? Is he actually a good guy? I don't know. He just went in and knocked out uh, and took over uh, Jabba's palace. So is that the end result? Was that the end of what we're going to see him kind of work towards? I don't know, but that captured me. I'm like, okay, how the hell did we get here? Is he a good guy or bad guy? I don't know. He just took out Bib Fortuna. I have no idea what, not to say that he didn't deserve it. So I think but. that. If they are going, if they are extending the titles of the episodes to kind of be an addition from the second season of The yeah. Mandalorian, I think that this could be a test for them and for us. Because I think what they've been doing with Disney Plus is just putting their feet in the water and seeing how these shows are received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they're going to keep pushing the limits of what they can do to see how people respond to it to decide if it's worth continuing to do them like that or if they are going to do separate TV shows, completely different timelines. So I almost feel like if they are deciding to take this route, this is is them kind of saying, like, let's give it a go. It's seven episodes or whatever. Let's see what happens. Let's see how people like it. Let's see if the community pushes back on it, if they don't like it, if they think that they wanted it to be done differently, because ultimately like they know they can put out star Wars content and people are going to buy into it. But I don't know if it's going to be worth them spending the money on it. If not, everybody is buying into it. Yeah. So I kind of feel like they do have to take that fan feedback because there are TV shows that they put pilots out for all the time that fail. Yeah. So, I mean, they still don't know how good these are going to be and how yeah. audiences are going to like them or if people are still going to be into it in four years when they give us Ahsoka storyline. So, Well, the way you guarantee just, you know, season after season after season is just make, you know, the Book of Boba Fett or The Mandalorian something like, you know, 
CSI Tatooine or, you know, uh, any of these uh, justice shows where there's a lot of guns, a lot of (laughs) shooting. People eat that shit up, and it's not great. It's the same story over and over. How did these things get renewed for all these seasons? I have no idea. They're going to do tattooing CSI. If you you show enough Navy SEALs and guns, I mean, people are hooked, and they'll watch it for endless amounts of seasons. So uh, when all else fails, just throw a bunch of guns on the television, Holly. Americans love that. Yeah. The world loves it. Uh, so I, I don't know, guys. I, I, we're here for it. December 29th of this year. I cannot believe it. This is crazy. Time is flying, and the Book of Fed is almost here. Oh, so just a couple more months. I would expect a trailer soon. Hmm. I'm just saying. A couple months out. I mean, give it a couple weeks. We're getting a trailer. Give the people what Hands they want. Down. Hands down, getting a trailer. So I don't know where that's going to be, you know? Uh, a football game uh, on the interwebs. I have no idea, but expect that probably in a couple of weeks. <laughs> the Super Bowl. I'm no insider, but uh, well, they would have already scoop. aired at that point. Pretty sure. Oh, Super Bowl is in January. What am I thinking? I don't know. Sport talk with I Holly Walton. <laughs> the Lions game on Thanksgiving. Wow, we won't be watching that. That is for sure. Don't tell my mom. But, guys, uh, we're here for it. I really enjoyed this conversation, as always, with these guys talking visions, talking Star Wars literature, and, 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 and my boy Boba Fett. I didn't think I'd be saying that, but uh, he, he, he's yeah, – I look forward to it now. So, guys, with that, we will leave you with another episode. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being casual with us. You know, like I mentioned, if you're looking for facts, go find a Star Wars encyclopedia or something. You know, five-minute facts of Star Wars. We just enjoy having a, a good, fun conversation and, and, and making a little fun of Star Wars, making fun of ourselves. Just enjoying the conversation with friends, and we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, so let us know if you do join our Facebook group, join the discussion there. Uh, not posting too much on YouTube right now. Uh, life is kind of a nightmare. So video production makes that kind of impossible. So the podcast, though, still stands strong, still be delivering that weekly, whether it's Monday or Wednesday, you never know. Whenever we pop into your feed, you know, we just show up, Holly, like a sleuth. Yeah, it's like posting roulette. <laughs> when will we show up? <laughs> you know, everyone's making wagers on when we not will show up. Not on Monday. Not on Monday, not Maybe this week. Maybe Tuesday. So, guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for the support. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care of each other out there, and may the Force be with you. It's and that one's that chick's like, I need to want Oh my god, that's funny. I want to find a way to get that in there. Anyway, that's what she said. Michael is very easy to please tonight. Every, uh, everything is like that. Michelob didn't Michelob have a Michelob is being spiked with yeah. something. I told you guys. I told you it was tan when we got it.